You are now listening to PBE Daily Early Mornings and Late Night Podcast and my name is Point Blank Yvonne. Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's episode. It's really cool I get to make another one today and to be quite honest, it's one of those things that was long awaited and I'm actually glad I get to make another episode today. And as much as uh, I have taken a bit of a break from making a couple of episodes, it's been a minute before since I actually made enough of headway from the work I did to take care of and once I did that it was a perfect time for me to come back and make another episode and also what I wanted to touch on today this felt like it was the perfect time for me to actually jump into this particular topic but before we get into that a little bit of housekeeping as always finished the boombox gig last week it was an utter success thank you so much for everybody who showed up at Alchemist last week and I was very, very winded. It was one of those things where four weeks of not being on stage ended up making me become a guy who was out of breath, but I thoroughly enjoyed entertaining all all the guys who were present on that day. And thank you so much for actually being as supportive as you've been by pushing the posters and everything. There's a new theme that's actually going to begin from the start of the month of February, and hopefully you're going to enjoy what, what comes with that. It entails a lot of specific nights that are going to be curated for a type of music that you're actually going to be a fan of so not only will that the hip-hop guys be taken care of but the afrofusion Afro, Afro, afrosonic sounds all that is going to be taken care of gender is also going to be respected in an even in an even greater way and all that and also don't forget on the 31st there's an old school gig happening on the 31st of january so i'm going to be a part of that as in i get to work with two of the guys who are considered very much legends in the dj game and that they actually have always been welcoming to me is a big deal and I intend to do them proud in the best way possible. The, the topic I wanted to touch on today is something that I have no business actually touching on because I think it's the wrong place for me to say anything, but I feel context is important. So as I always support in this podcast, it is up upon you to draw your own conclusions as when it comes to me, I'm just going to make suggestions or I'm just going to lead you into what you could potentially research sorry about that what you could potentially research and get to hopefully a conclusion that actually makes sense to you as it made for me and it's about the situation that uh prince harry is going through i wanted to be at least weeks away from his announcement and weeks away from the so-called debate that's been had by the members of the british monarchy and first of all i think monarchy is obsolete let me start with that as my main disclaimer. I think monarchy is obsolete. I think that parliament is what controls everything. And as a person who's watched a lot of shows, films, reenactments about the British royal families, because I've, I always try to understand what is the mindset state that you could have in order to actually try and expand your territories. And some of the documentaries I've come across are, are kind of disturbing. Like outside of what my main topic is to discuss today let me drop these bombshells which are not healthy in any way shape or form so you may not like that i'm actually putting this out there but here it is number one the first time the word death camps or concentration camp was used the brits did it to the boers in south africa the first time the term uh, eugenics was coined it was a british scholar it was during a scientific revolution that was happening and this individual was looking at how certain dogs were being bred yes dogs were being bred and he said this is probably the potential way for us to make a better british citizen and this is during the 1900s it's just the 1900s the last century and that being put aside let's now delve into the royal family that actually came and put this across the reason why i wanted to touch on the prince harry thing i wanted to touch it touch on it off the basis of what love should represent 
in his case. And when his story popped up, I didn't think of him first. The first thing I thought of was a predecessor to the, the current Queen of England and the reason as to why Elizabeth became Queen of England. And it leads back to, they've made movies about this. And if you watch this Netflix series called The Crown that uh, touches on the early life and continuation of the life of Elizabeth as becoming the monarch that she is and for the many years that she served I mean she's the, it's the first I think it's the second time a British monarch has had a diamond jubilee that's over I think 80 years of being queen or something or something close to that or 60 years of being queen I apologize I'm all over the place but then again it's early morning so I'm I'm, I'm kind of finding my way as I go and when it came to how the circumstances that ended up having Elizabeth becoming queen, it's because of this. Watch the movie The King's Speech. It probably puts that into context in the best way possible. And the situation was, there was a gentleman known as King Edward VIII. King Edward VIII was the son of King Edward VII, King Edward VII. King Edward VII was the son, the firstborn son of Queen Victoria. Okay? Now, Edward was a vagabond. This guy was like the worst case scenario type king. He he, he gambled, he overate, he splurged. He's one of the last, I think, monarchs actually met Napoleon when Napoleon was still in power and all that. And when his mother passed, he was, I think, in his 40s. He was actually king for, I think, less than eight years, if I'm not mistaken. And upon that, he was an overbearing father to his sons. And King George V was never supposed to be king in the first place. His older brother was supposed to be king. But his older brother, he, he was out there. Let's just say that. It's claimed that he died of a certain cold, but I think he had a different kind of cold, if you know what I'm saying. And it is alleged that his dalliances are the reason for the existence of the Jack the Ripper story. That all the prostitutes he was having relations with who got pregnant who would have potentially been heirs to the throne or being slashed and murdered right left and center and so the myth of jack the ripper came to pass and with the industrial age happening at the time it's no surprise that actually that myth looks the way it looks and the reason why you see most of the footage from that period showing london being this dark murky this black space is because it was the age of industrialism and a lot of coal was being used to make uh, the industrial goods that were supposed to be sold worldwide. So the coal dust in the air is what made the UK look the way it looked in most of those documentaries or series that you see being created. Now, away from that, so George V became king. And when George V became king, his father was very stern with him and he thought that the best way to move forward is actually be stern with his kids and his kids were resentful of that fact to a certain extent. I mean, the guy who ended up becoming George VI he was whooped so bad he had a stutter he he had dead put stills on his legs in order to make his legs straight the, this guy had ulcers out of the after the wazoo and fear of his father and fear of disapproval was one of those things he just and he hoped to just stay second in command and never have to be king that's why the movie king's speech was so moving at the time pun intended and king george v's older brother was king edward the eighth and the Duke of Windsor had this weird situation that the best way he could punish his father as he as he grew older was to do things his father never approved of. He said, he sh if his father tells him, you should probably be with a chick who has never had relations with anybody else and blah, blah, blah. This guy decides to mark on 
lords' wives and have flings with people's wives. Like he would do it, knowing that he'll be protected because he's the king. He knew he was a pretty boy, and it was also in a way to mock his father and the stern existence that his father had. He enjoyed his German ancestry because House Kobagoto was, I think, I'm saying it wrong, but they are the the Germanic lineage of kings and the Georgian period is a continuation thanks to this particular family. And when they changed their names to the Dukes, the, the Lords of Windsor and everything, and since they are British citizens as of birth and all that, it was best for them to actually continue in that tradition. But I think also to a certain extent for Edward to actually go in rebellion to his father, he indulged with the ideals of Germany at the time. And in his period leading up to him becoming king, he it was the 1930s. And in the 1930s, Germany was in its expansion and in its rise. And in ways to resent his father, he would actually make relations with that which could have led to the fall of the monarchy because he didn't like the idea of monarchy. But the reason why I bring him up in, re in regards to Prince Harry is because he had a woman he loved who was a twice-divorced lady from the United States. Now, the fact that she was twice divorced was bad enough, but the fact that she was American just tells you that the, the, the nepotism of the UK is something completely different. And he was in love, and he was head over heels in love. And as much as it was going to compromise the monarchy, he didn't care. He wanted to have his woman by his side. But according to how the Brits conduct themselves, they didn't want the tainting of the crown by having an American sit on the throne because I think to a certain extent there's some people who still hold resentment for the fact that India and America are the two that got away, if you will. And I mean that in the sense of colonialism, in the sense of the colonies that they controlled and the territories that they owned. And so that resentment still exists, I think, between those different uh, nations, even though there are some American heads of state who actually are in line to be kings of England funnily enough but then again the descendants of the of the of the british royal family are all over the place because in the period that was world war one a lot of what europe was was controlled by monarchy and though i do intend to have an episode that actually touches on monarchy i just wanted to put this out there so a lot of people were actually related as far as distant cousins or, or first cousins and all that uh, it's alleged that prince philip and queen elizabeth are first cousins but he's from the Greek side of the family. And she's, of course, the Germanic-British line and everything. And in the in regards to changing of how things were being done, it's George V who actually said it's, it's okay for you to marry outside of the actual direct royal family. You could land, marry distant dukes and lords' daughters and all that. And Edward was just... His beef with his pap was excessive. And I think also to find his way as his own man in the roaring 30s, and the, sorry, the raging 30s, if you will. It made sense for him to do things in his own way, but he never wanted to be king. And this guy abdicated the throne for love. I've always found that kind of weird because, no, I don't like the idea of colonialism. I don't like the idea of territory. But this guy still had the entire territories that was the British Isles and Britannia under his control. And the phrase, the sun never sets in Britannia, was actually true because from India all the way to Ireland, these guys controlled so much territory. So when the sun sets in one side, it rises on the other. So technically the entire territory controlled 
by this small island was still under power and he abdicated the throne for love with me I as hard as I am finding it to actually say it I think it's weird to abdicate the throne for love duty over selfish reasons and I, I, maybe this is proof that I haven't reached that particular peak of love maybe that's the, the lesson to be learned from all this I haven't reached that peak where I can actually say for the purpose of love I will not do this I will actually leave this for somebody else and have my own happiness in a different way and I think it's wrong for it to be put on Harry as heavily as it's being put and of course the fathers and the, the father of tabloids is the UK and these guys are having a field day with actually mocking Prince Harry's wife and they don't need to do that to him or maybe we just call him Harry now but he's been Prince Harry for so long I feel it's only fair to do that what kind of a person would be okay with constantly being indebted to the people because he had to have his mansion built by taxpayers money and all that and he strikes me as a person who wants to earn his own way because not let's not forget this guy actually served in the iraq war he was a fighter pilot and all that he, he continues to be in service to his, to his country and to the very different territories that they, that they control and but he wants to be his own man outside of the monarchy because i think he believes and i i'd like to believe to make this assumption this the line of succession for the british monarchy is fine because Prince William, who is the eventual king, already has kids. And those kids are the continuation of the bloodline. And whatever you need is one guy to make sure that he solidifies his next of kin to be the next king. And I think that's taken care of. He's not in the line of succession. He's not in, in such an immediate position in the line of succession. Granted, he would play the role of ambassador for being the guy they sent to different territories to actually speak to the people of the monarchy. But... I feel certain territories need to just not marry themselves so close to the idea of the monarchy because to this day I still say I don't understand the idea of the commonwealth because to me the wealth is common only to the queen and not to anybody else but my understanding of geopolitics and global politics is still very very minute I don't know enough to make an informed decision but as far as this relationship situation is concerned Harry has every right to walk away based upon the fact that he's not in line to be king you can give up princehood the number of people walking this earth who actually have the line of succession there's canadians who have the line of succession to the royal to the royal crown there's american movie stars who actually have a line of succession to to the crown heck robert downey jr is a prince and they found this out from doing his family tree dna test and Kevin Bacon is also in line to be King of England and these are all based upon bloodline alone so the existence of the British monarchy is probably the, it's one of the I think that and some of the monarchies in the east and I think the Spanish crown are the only the Belgian crown as well are the few remaining like monarchs and of course I think the, the novelty of monarchy is what people like and would like to see that image not tainted in their heads but I think when the facade kind of if the, if the shine gets off that dashboard for certain individuals within the family it's only fair for them to actually do what they need to do 
Harry is the son of one of the most radical of members of the royal family. And in true legacy of what his mother stood for, he decided to choose life for himself and for his, 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 his newborn than anything else. And he'd like to have the peace that he would have with his family. Because let's be honest, from the jump, the people he considered his citizens as prince have not been the most friendly to the woman he loves. What stops him from walking away from that which actually brings more anger and sadness to his immediate family? And I think in, in, the, in that regard, I respect him even more for actually taking the, the stand and having to the, the sense to make the decision of walking away. That is something we need to consider. Because as far as, as harshly as I'm judging Edward VIII, I kind of get it. If you reach the point where you actually are content with that which you intend to do, maybe you should walk away. Maybe you should choose yourself over duty. But I, as a person, in, in my case, I put duty above all else. And because I haven't reached a point in my existence that that has been tipped over, I will continue to push for that which is the greatness I hope for. It's a very selfish thing to say, but it's the angle I've seen the world for so long. And maybe in these 30 plus years, I will find another way to look at it. But for now, I get it. Walking away from that which was tradition for over 800 plus years, maybe it's time for somebody to walk away. And since he's not the immediate king, I think he's fine to do it. I, that's, that's how I completely base this, because I know that people who like the idea of a king and queen. And though I intend to talk about the idea of how this king and queen monarchy type nonsense affects even how we do things here in our political realm, in Kenya. I'm saving that for a different podcast altogether. But if Harry gets to listen to this, bro, I get it. Do what you need to do. You take care of yourself. You take care of your kids. You take care of your family. You can walk away from this. You've done enough. Tech, you've been fought in a war. <laughs> I think you're okay. You can go live your life. For the rest of us as citizens, we need to ask ourselves globally, as humans in this world, we need to ask ourselves, to what extent are we devoted to that which we care for? To what extent are we devoted to those who we love? To reach that level of devotion is very, very important. And I think we need to ask ourselves these questions before we go any further in existence. Where do we draw the line for ourselves? Where do we draw the lines for those who we love? If we can answer that for ourselves, then maybe maybe we'll understand what's, what Harry is going through. Because I hear of marriages falling apart left, left, left and center. I'm hearing of a story now with this prince walking away from his entire family for the person he loves. And I think to a certain extent I could emulate him if, I've, if I reach a point where I love somebody to the extent that I would actually even consider such a decision. It's never come to pass. I have never really been that deep in love yet. But time will tell. You never really know. Simply my thoughts. But for now, say it with me. Be Caesar or be nothing at all. Thanks for taking the time to listen to yet another episode of the podcast. We, we'll keep on pushing, we'll keep them coming. More topics to be tackled and more ideas to actually be delved into. And as I make my way to the 9 to 5, you out there make the best of this day. And in the words of TK Kirkland, may all your pain be champagne. Oh no. <laughs>